ESPN LA 710. Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre and post game shows, tune in to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m. ESPN LA 710. The National Winter Activity Center is dedicated to improving the lives, health, and fitness of youth throughout the nation by providing access to winter sports activities. Their objectives are to increase and retain lifetime participants, pathway to competition, broaden the base, and grow the winter sports community, and also better health and fitness through activities. For more information about the National Winter Activity Center, please visit winter4kids.org. That's winter, the number four, kids.org. Today, we're talking with former Marine captain and pilot, CEO Sean Mellier. Welcome to the show, Sean. Hi, Laferne. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you on because you are using your experience to get kids out on the slope. Tell us about your background, a captain and pilot for the Marine Corps. Hmm. Well, <laughs> um, I, I'm born and raised in the Bronx. So from that, you can tell I didn't do much skiing growing up. <laughs> but my sport of choice at the time was like all urban kids was asphalt based and basketball. So my weekends were spent moving from court to court, doing the best I can, and having the opportunity to um, to go to a college at Holy Cross. I was a walk-on for basketball, interesting enough, um, which coming from Rice High School, which is a small school in Harlem, but had produced some great basketball players like Kemba Walker, Felipe Lopez. I used to tell people that the managers at Rice could uh, beat most other teams, and that must have been true because <laughs> I got to play a few years at Holy Cross. But, oh, that's great. And then coming from Holy Cross, I left um, and went into the Marine Corps as a pilot and officer. And during that time, uh, I had the opportunity to get introduced to skiing uh, with one of my colleagues in the squadron. I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and we went to ski at Park City, which is a great place for everybody but a newbie like I was because <laughs> I didn't take a lesson. I didn't have the right clothes on. Oh, no. And, and, um, and I followed my navigator, as I always would, up to the top. And oh, a few no. hours later, got down to the bottom, <laughs> miserable, <laughs> clearly not liking it, right. and making sure that I was never going to go back and do it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> you didn't start on the, what is it called, the bunny slope like I did. I, I started on uh, the bunny slope at Mammoth. There are a lot of people much smarter than I am. <laughs> no, I did not. Well, how <laughs> would you know, you know? That's true. But, you know, it just goes to show you that everybody that you follow, you probably shouldn't ought to. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but um, um, the interesting part about that was that that was pretty, pretty much a transition point, Laferne. Um, in L.A., I got connected with one of the um, ski clubs, um, the Four, Four Seasons West. And interesting enough, the largest organized ski organization in North America is African American. Yes. And and I became a member of Four Seasons West 
and I tell people that it's really important that the community helps you stay with the sport. And we went to Mammoth, like you mentioned, going to Mammoth every weekend, and, and in an environment where it was okay to be bad like I was, but you had that community and colleagues and friends who helped you along. And through that, I became better at the sport and then turned fear you know, into being a student of the sport. So I became a lover of it. And that gave me the inclination to continue and, and to like it for myself and my son. But more than that, Lafern, to be able to uh, experience something that was unique and I felt that should be shared with as many kids as possible since the outdoors is really a right to every kid. And I wanted to make sure that every kid had the opportunity I did. All right, Sean. So after you made your way down the slope, you were hooked on the sport. Not then. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do it, but uh, there were in- individuals who I'd met in Los Angeles and with the club Four Seasons West, which was a social club that, use, that uses winter sports and other activities as a way of connecting. That allowed me to have that kind of fun environment, kind of misery loves company environment, <laughs> that gave me the opportunity to go from being fearful to some mastery of it and being a student of it in a friendly environment. And those trips to Mammoth every weekend were incredible and life-changing. Yeah. How could you go every weekend being a, a, a pilot? Well, most of my skiing happened after I left the Marine Corps. So I went and, and I worked for a computer sciences corporation, which was located in El Segundo. And, and that, along with you know being in the L.A. region and the basin there, um, the connection was fine. And we used to take off every Friday afternoon for that long ride up 395. But <laughs> it became so much fun. Yeah. And that's the straightest roads I've ever seen for the longest period. Yes, of time. indeed. And you have to stop and get beef jerky before you make it into there you town. Go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, but it, but again, the the thing about winter activities and getting people or kids into it is the community that you build around it. Right. So you you form this community and this this way of belonging to something bigger. And you continued doing that and going skiing, and then you wanted to create uh, this organization. Can you take us through the journey to that? Sure. Um, Being part of this community of Four Seasons West, all the adults were into racing. That's why we went up there every weekend. And becoming a, again, educated in the sport, I went from being a terrible skier to being an okay skier, terrible racer, to being an okay racer. And then, like anything else, I wanted to be part of it and became a coach. And I was certified in coaching, and and I wanted to focus on the youth who are coaching. So being involved with the National Brotherhood of Skiers, who had a mission to put a African-American on a U.S. ski team and to be in the Olympics, um, it became part of my journey to be part of that. I got the opportunity to coach kids like Andre and Suki Horton who are on a U.S. ski team or be involved with Errol Kerr who skied for Jamaica in the Olympics. And to be part of that was exciting because I was not just enjoying it, but I was able to be or play some small part in helping kids pursue their dreams. All the time I was working in corporate America. 
um, from Computer Sciences Corporation to being a CEO of technology companies in Silicon Valley, and then back home to the East Coast where I was born and raised, and then being sought out by individuals to figure out a way to get more urban youth into winter sports in a sustainable fashion. And that's where the path to where I am today really started to take off. Isn't it interesting? I've, I was born in Colorado, and I specifically remember um, they have the Broadmoor there where you, you go ski. And I remember being in third grade, and we had to have our parents sign a form for us to go to the Broadmoor to, for a ski trip. And mm-hmm. I went home and I was like, Dad, you have to sign this. And he's like, well, what is it for? And I was like, we're going skiing um, for school. And he goes, for black folks don't ski. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And then I just accepted it. And then <laughs> I, it didn't even dawn on me. It was just like, oh, okay. And then... You know, skip years later in my 30s, I'm going up to Mammoth, making it down the bunny slope. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, that's part of this experience that we have in, in, in our communities and how we evolved. There are lots of things that we did not do, um, <laughs> but given the opportunity, we chose to do them and not only to yeah. enjoy them, but to embrace them as part of our lifestyles. And, and here at the National Wind Activity Center, which is in place because of some very open thinking about getting other kids involved in the sport, we're able to create the opportunity for them to, first of all, get to the outdoors, which we all are entitled to do. Right. To be able to be introduced to a sport in a form and fashion, Lafern, that allows them to have fun. Mm-hmm to master something and to do it in a way that allows them to go from never ever to as competent a winter sports enthusiast as they wish in skiing, snowboarding, or cross country. Yes. That just builds lifetime enthusiasts. Absolutely. And and I think that this changes the landscape for all of us and especially for our youth that Everything is an opportunity, and we can be as good at it if we get the right support, the right access, and the right, I guess, um, exposure to it so that we can love it as well as anybody else can. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I was watching the Olympics with my son, and he Mm -hmm. was watching, he's five years old, and he was watching um, the snowboarders, and Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, Davey, does that look like fun? You know, you want to do that? He's like, yeah. My husband took him up to, um, to Big Bear a couple weeks ago, and he loved it, and he had a coach. Can you talk about the um, importance of having a coach, you know, take, you know, young kids onto the slopes? I think that coaching is the most important part of taking someone from never ever to loving it. And the at the National Winter Activity Center, we have um, our program is such that each one of these kids come for six visits. And during those six visits, they are 
they are subjected to a um, a program that allows them to have lessons so that they master these skills. And you know, in anything new, Lafern, it's a matter of creating that trust to help us move out of our comfort zones into new zones. Right. So our coaches stay with them throughout those six-week processes or, or six-week um, visits, and we expect those kids to come back for multiple years. Mm-hmm. So that coach builds that relationship and helps those kids to master those those skills that they need on their own time frame, but in a way that allows them to, one, wow, I feel good about this. Two, I'm having fun doing this. The third thing that's really important is there are some other of my friends that do this, and I want to do it some more. And we here at the National Winter Activity Center are there to make sure that they can do this in a sustainable fashion. Now, Sean, I'm I'm trying to get the connection between you being in the military flying planes to being this advocate for skiing and for youth um, experiencing this. <laughs> is there um, is what you did for the military? Do you put that in anything for your organization? Oh, that that was really an interesting question, and you know, I'd like people to think that my journey from the projects in the South Bronx to the Holy Cross to the Marine Corps as a pilot to a salesperson in technology and then CEO to an MBA from Pepperdine and now doing the National One Activity Center, that would probably look great in some movie. <laughs> yes, indeed. And people would say that, wow, what a thoughtful thing to do and what a plan for your life didn't happen that way, Lafern. Oh. I would say that I did all of those things um, randomly, and mostly because I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. Right. And and but that that lack of a limit or boundaries actually created that opportunity for me to continue to explore different things. Flying jets in the Marine Corps, I didn't grow up in the Bronx wanting to go fly jets in the Marine Corps. <laughs> and so that, that not knowing I wasn't supposed to has kind of been that philosophical inner energy for me right? that has allowed me to take that and, and create something like the National Wind Activity Center, which this is a repurposed, re-engineered facility that was dormant and bankrupt four years ago. Wow. And and we were able to, with uh, some very key individuals, to one to get the resources to re-engineer it. When I talk about re-engineering, everything here is brand new. We have brand new lifts. We have reoriented the trails to support learning and competition the infrastructure to make snow so we have the only fully automated computerized snowmaking system in the country and then all of the requisite things that you need so that we can deliver for every participant healthy meals the equipment they need to pursue the sport instruction and mentoring based upon values that we all know play a big role in us as we move forward from being children to young adults, Mm -hmm. being adults, and then family members and leaders throughout our country. So 
so this is a culmination, Laferne, of, of everything that I've done in the past yeah. of being a CEO, running a business, building a team, raising money, and being able to make a difference in the lives of youth. It's by far the best job I've ever had, and I am so blessed and lucky to be able to do this. Sean, it's really interesting that you're you're talking about having that capacity of not knowing what you're not supposed to do or what you're supposed to do. And how do you did, did you instill that in your son? Like, how did you approach his learning to where he is as fearless as you are or didn't think that there are any type of restrictions? Yeah, you know, I, I, there's no better or no greater purpose in life than being a parent. And with my son and having gone through life as I have, not knowing I wasn't supposed to, and again, that journey, which is never, ever smooth, right? Right. We are the way we are because we made lots of mistakes. Exactly. But that's the learning. Them. Right. Yes. So I, I encourage him, Alex, to, um, to make mistakes. It's okay. You know, to take yourself out of the comfort zone, which I wish he would do more, because that's where we learn what we are capable of and what we love. And, and I think that's irrespective of all the things that go around us. You know, there, is, there are lots of things happening in this world that aren't the best things for all of us. But it's not what, how it impacts us, it's how we react to it. And if we stay true to our values and we take the belief that everything is possible and we do all that we can, and when we get it wrong, that we learn from it mm-hmm. and we keep moving on and then we forgive ourselves and others, you know, we accomplish great things. And I surely refer and am here because of lots of people taking a uh, caring about me, mm-hmm. um, helping me, picking me up when I, when I fall down forgiving me when I screw up, and then encouraging me when I get it right. Um, I'm, I'm really a product of so many people, both those who believe in me and those who, let's call it constructive criticism, or constructive <laughs> critics, yes. um, they too are part of what I am able to do today. And it's humbling, and um, you know, this that we've created here is a very special place. It's a sacred place. Adults don't get to ski here. Mm. My board doesn't even get to ski here. Really? This is only for kids and for learning and developing as athletes if they choose to do that. It's a sacred place. Right. Sean, how did you arrive at this mindset? I I think that now as I look back on all the things that I've been through and all the people have been in my life, I think that I have always been not very, oh, typical. I didn't fit into uh, a particular box or a profile. And, and surely there were people who encouraged me to follow my heart and my energy. And, and understanding that, especially now that I'm able to make a difference, um, how powerful that has been for the things I've been able to do. And I think that we need to do more of that. We need to look to the heart and the intentions of the individuals around us, understand them, whether we agree with them or not, Mm -hmm. but be able to have a dialogue about 
well, why do they think that way? And what's important to them? And what would they like to see? And if we can align with them, that's great. If we can understand where they are and help them move in a positive direction, that's awesome. And if by some chance that we're able to, both the parties be able to adjust and we do some things together, we accomplish great things. So, Sean, when you took over as CEO and took the company out of bankruptcy, what was what was the first thing that you did when you arrived at the National Winter Activity Center? Well, the, the correction is we didn't take it out of bankruptcy. We bought the property out of bankruptcy. Oh, but we okay. created a whole new entity, the National Winter Activity Center. And we did that with the help of the National Winter Sports Education Foundation, which I had founded a few years earlier, that helped us see the opportunity, raise the money, and build a plan to get it to where it is today. So we started off with an idea, and then we found the resources to buy what used to be Hidden Valley in New Jersey, to build a team to be able to deliver on the services to our participants today, and to have a board and supporters like the Community Fund of New Jersey, the National Winter Sports Education Foundation, Boston Capital, and a few family foundations to have the resources to build a sustainable location and program Mm -hmm. for all of the kids and participants to come to this place for the next 50 years. Um, This was thought out to be something that needed to be sustainable and to build um, an institution that could do this over many years. It was still a work in progress. Right. And you saw a need for this uh, to get more kids out on the slopes. Um, I know here in in California, we have one of the largest obesity problems in schools um, in the nation, which is really upsetting. Uh, talk about uh, your the health program and the benefits in that aspect of what you're doing. You're right about this issue that we have in this country about obesity and type 2 diabetes. And, and Laferne, like you mentioned, one-third, one in every child uh, in the United States can be classified as obese. Yes. One of the things that, that we need to do and, and we've embraced here is that more activity creates better lifestyles as well as helps to deal with those things like obesity. Mm-hmm. And so part of our mission is to create that extra 30 or 40 hours each year for these participants in a time when most of us, and especially kids, are stay inside, right? Yes. And today, staying inside is is a lot more fun than it used to be because yes. we have cell phones, <laughs> Nintendo, we have computers, Nintendo, <laughs> and all of those things. And so, to take all that energy, get them outdoors, and they can get to experience things. Laferne, I wish you could see some of the smiles and hear the comments of, of, of young men and young women and all kids, 
all ethnicities and their experiences here when they come here and get to be outside mm -hmm. and get to master something. I think that that's the way you change that trajectory, that you give them other opportunities that they can now pursue in the short term as their youth, but even create the opportunity for them and perhaps their families to love the outdoors as well. Yes, and I think it's a mission for for all of us. And like I said before, the outdoors should be for everybody. It's a right, and we need to make sure that all kids have access to them. Absolutely. Um, and one thing that I talk about <clears throat> about on the show, excuse me, is how learning skills from sports can take you much further, I feel, in um, once you graduate and once you get into the work, work, working field and, you know, your career, you have these skills that uh, you can fall back on. Can you talk about some of mm -hmm. the skills that you are um, putting into these young, uh, these youth with your program and within skiing that is like transferable skills into the business? There are a couple of things. One, we, we um, values are an important part of what we deliver for our participants, and we have 12 of them. But things like persistence, humor, right, integrity, you know, teamwork, um, all of those things are things that we need as part of being in a society that we're in. I think that one of the things that, that comes out of this with all of them is the opportunity to create new relationships. Mm -hmm. Let's think about, there are only two sports that you can really do as a family all of your life. Golf and skiing. <laughs> you can ski with your five-year-old at 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, and, and then with the grandchildren and all of that because it's that kind of sport. Now, we may not do it the same way they do when we get older in life, right. but we'll be able to enjoy the same things. I think that that's one of those things, but just the, the opportunity to experience new things and to be open about those allow us to be a contributing participants in the jobs that we're in right, or the jobs that we pursue. And when you break down barriers by enjoying things that everybody else does, you, you have different dialogues with people. One of my personal things is this concept of immersion. And, and I think immersion to me is when you and I, Lafern, have an understanding about each other, then our perspectives of each other is different. Mm -hmm. Whatever we might have thought that might be stereotypes for individuals who live in New York or L.A. or who happen to be one religion or the other or might happen to be a different color than the other person, well, those things are either changed or evolved by our opportunity to get to know each other better so that in sports like golf or skiing where you spend a lot of time with other people from different backgrounds, it gives you the opportunity to develop different perspectives both ways. And then we can have different dialogues about lots of things, respecting differences, but acknowledging the things that, that give us 
um, pause to have these kind of dialogues because we enjoy some of the same things and we're in the same environments. Yeah, do you, so that's one thing I was thinking, like, you have all these people with, you know, their various opinions, which is great, but without the respect, we can't, it's okay to have your own opinions, but then without the respect, that's when I think the challenges come in to where we shut down and, and can't hear another person's opinion because you don't have any respect for them. That's right. And, and, and you know, I, I think that that's part of it, that, that we, we build respect and trust by not staying apart, but by being together, by having the dialogues. Like, you know, why, Sean, do you enjoy skiing so much? I thought that black people didn't ski before. And I right. said, you know what? When, 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 when I grew up, that was surely the case. But I started off, I didn't like it. I got involved with a community that helped me like it. I now spend time with Olympic athletes. Ted, Lick Ted Ligety, who's Olympian, is on our board. You know, Luke Bodensteiner, who runs all of the sports for the U.S. Ski and Snowboard, who is the governing body, is on my board as well. So we have dialogues about how do we get more kids into the sport to be better fans, right? right? Maybe some of them might be even athletes, but now we're having that dialogue because we have that exposure to each other. Mm -hmm. We have some immersion, so we, are, we feel comfortable with each other, and we can have those very serious dialogues about how do we make this happen. And I think that, that thing that I call immersion um, helps us all to get past some of the other things that are at, on the surface that sometimes are roadblocks when they really are small obstacles for us to kind of ignore or walk around. Absolutely. And exposing the kids to know, yeah, let's go ski. Let's go. Let's go on the slopes and spend the day, um, spend the yes. weekends like you did. Uh, tell us yeah. some ab about some of the programs that you have that um, our kids can take part in. Or what's the structure so, of that? <clears throat> our program is branded under th this, this item called Elevate, E-L-V and the number eight. And, and when you think about the definition of the word elevate, it's either inspirational or aspirational, right? To help others move towards something or to have people to think about something that they want to attain. So with that, we have two components to it, learn and compete. The learn, as I mentioned before, takes, can take a never ever to an expert in either snowing, I'm snowing, <laughs> in either skiing, mm -hmm. snowboarding, or cross country. And we actually allow, or we make sure that every participant is introduced to all three and then let them choose which one they want to master. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, if they want to compete, we have a bridge to competition where that we allow them to choose if they want to compete recreationally, maybe they want to be a high school athlete, or maybe they want to compete regionally, or even go further than that, so that we have our compete program that connects them should they choose to do that. Some key principles for us, Laferne, are one, to remove barriers to access. Those barriers are geography. That is, that if I don't know it's there and I can't get to it, I don't do it. Mm 
mm-hmm. visibility. If I can't see people doing it, and I'm not necessarily going to do it. Socially, if your friends don't do it, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And economically, if I can't afford it, I don't get a chance to do that. So part of all the things that we do for our mission, which is to improve the life, health, and fitness of youth through winter activities, removing those barriers to access are key principles for either any kids that want to learn or any kids that want to compete. And this is all kids. We're in New Jersey. We're 63 miles outside of New York City. There are 2.5 million kids within 70-mile radius. We can only serve right now at about 3,000. We've done 3,700 since 2014. We will do $7,000 a year by 2022 as we complete some expansions of our facility. But I think it's key that kids who are urban and rural or even local, that we want to make sure that every kid has the access to what we do, and especially those kids who may be in urban environment or other places that don't even think about it so that they can build up a love for it and a love for the outdoors. This is ESPN LA. Uh, I'm LaFern Cusack speaking with CEO of the National Winter Activity Center, Sean Mellier. Sean, how do you go about reaching those kids to bring them into your organization? What is your approach to getting more kids to experience winter sports? Well, as as the, the CEO now of the National Winter Activity Center, we actually go and we partner with youth-serving agencies, like schools. For instance, the YMCA's of Greater New York and New Jersey, each branches bring their participants here over six sessions. We actually have charter schools in Newark and charter schools in, in the rest of New Jersey and public schools that bring their kids here for our, our program. Okay. We also do things with like Crystal Ray in, in New York City, but we'll partner with any school. And the interesting part of that, we have other supporting partners like the Community Fund of New Jersey and the National Winter Sports Education Foundation and, and others who will help to ensure that kids who want to participate in those schools, that if they need resources, that they have resources available to help support them participating here. I just think it's important. The National Winter Sports Education Foundation, I was the founding CEO of that, but moved to do the National Winter Activity Center because it required a lot of my focus, but also it's the greatest love to be able to make that happen. But if people need to connect with the National Winter Sports Education Foundation, Constance Beverly, who stepped in after I stepped away, is a great resource for all of them. What about the the financial aspect? Because I know as someone, I'm speaking for myself, I'm like, okay, skiing's expensive. But you say that you help kids overcome that challenge. How do you do that? We do that with partnerships with like the Community Fund of New Jersey which has a, a, a fund called the Warm Jacket Fund. And if there are programs, like a school, that needs resources to help them get into this, right, and to build a track record so that they can provide their own funding sometime down the road, uh, that's a great resource for that. And we work with those partners to ensure that it's sustainable. Because one of the things you don't want to yes. do is have it get – 
introduce a kid to something and not let them find a, find a path to that. Right. So part of the programmatic connection is that we are helping those schools or branches of YMCA's create a winter activity club within it, and then we will help that club continue after they, quote, unquote, graduate from the center by connecting them with other mountains like Hunter and Wyndham in New York or Camelback and Shawnee in Pennsylvania in a way that keeps the economics reasonable for them to continue to participate. We're hoping to partner with the industry to connect with them over the long term so as these participants grow older, that they will have now the opportunity to have already been connected with a brand, right? That they can now say, you know, when I grew up, I went to Stratton Mountain, or I went to Stowe, or I went to Camelback. So they'll continue to go there. And if we build the right relationships, this will help the industry kind of grow the sport in the future. So that's another one of those outcomes. First and foremost is health. The second thing is is change behavior and a love for the sport. But then the other outcomes which will accrue to the rest of the industry is increased fans, increased participation, and maybe increase the athletic pool, athlete pool. That's one of the things I find with nonprofits is a lot of people have really, really great ideas and they want to start a nonprofit and help kids or, you know, help people in the community, but they don't have a sustainability plan. (laughs) And I think yes. that's when, um, I mean, you see it now with a lot of athletes that retire. They start a foundation, and then three years later, the foundation is bankrupt or, you know, the nonprofit is bankrupt. How do, right. how do you go about uh, saying, okay, you, you, you came into this organization. Let's talk about the stabil- how to sustain ourselves through a lifetime and encourage, you know, kids to stay in the sport. I think that you bring up a really good point. And, and a nonprofit whose mission is to do and provide services that change lives has to run like a business. Right. And in right. order to run like a business, you've got to make sure that you, one, have the resources necessary to do that. And that resources come from either participant fees or relationships with funding entities like foundations, which are either um, health or social services related, family foundations, um, individual donors, industries that benefit from that. So creating those relationships so that there is a value proposition for every single outcome. Let's ask the question, if we reduce obesity, right, and we reduce the rates of childhood obesity, as well as type 2 diabetes, that's an economic impact that will allow us to make a difference. Hence, there are foundations who see health and fitness as a key benefit. If we're able to add participants to winter sports at a better rate than they're doing themselves, that's an economic benefit. The industry 
should support it. If we're going to increase fans, if we're going to increase the athlete pool, the industry should support that. Those are value propositions that allow for us to connect with the right entities to ensure that the resources are there, but especially you got to run the entity as a business. So it's key for us to make sure that we are always going to look at how efficient and effective we run and with the goal by 2022 to ensure that we are operationally break even and that what we raise then will help us lower the price of sustainability and participation for kids going forward. So all of my experiences in the Marine Corps, education at Holy Cross, an MBA from Pepperdine, and learning and running those businesses give me at least all of the tools and framework to be successful. I just got to get it and keep getting it right, LaFer. <laughs> right. That we all. But do you find that all that you have learned throughout your journey in, in your life, it just fell into place for this organization? Oh, I would think that this is an intersection of everything that I've been through, both good and challenging. And I think one of the keys that is so important is I have an incredible team of people here that help deliver. I mean, we have a full-time staff of 20, but we surge to 123 123 during the season. And all of them are here at a place where I want to make sure that it's comfortable for them to just be themselves and to connect their heart and their energy and their capabilities to help us deliver for our stakeholders. And those stakeholders are every one of the participants that we have. And that's the other part that makes this the dream job of my life. Yes. So you have, that's a pretty big nonprofit to have 20 employees and up to uh, hundreds of employees. Tell us how many students participate or can participate. So this over, we did a, let me give you the history of the numbers. We did a pilot program in the winter of 2015 with 180 kids. That was, was proof that we could do this and gave us some best practices to employ. The next year, which would have been the winter of 2016, we had 811 kids. Oh, wow. Um, in, in 2017, we had 1,161 um, in 2018, which we're just finishing up, we had registered 1,748. Wow. We hope that number will be, our goal is it for to be 7,000 by 2023. And to do that, we have, we're adding 27,000 square feet onto our facility and building for space for the additional participants. We have built a, a Nordic complex for cross country with snowmaking and lights and a lodge for it. We've been, we've been able to raise um, over $23, $24 million to be able to do this. And wow. because our supporters believe that this is the right way to ensure that kids get healthier, that they're able to participate in a sport that we all love, and that we can help and grow the sport, create more fans, and hopefully maybe get a few more athletes out there that can win gold medals for us in the Olympics. Yes, absolutely. What was your experience watching the Olympics this year? It, it was it was awesome. I think that that one of the things that I that I found out is that um, unfortunately. 
curling was on far more than <laughs> alpine skiing. Oh, and, 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 and we've got, we've got to get alpine skiing more exciting for people. But I got to watch Keegan Randall and, and Jesse Diggins, who, who for the first time won a gold medal, you know, in, in the team cross country sports. I think that one of the most exciting things, the fern was over the weekend of the Olympics, we have TVs around the facility. And during these healthy meals, there was two kids who happened to be African-American propped up, you know, with their hands underneath their chins, locked into the screen, watching um, competitors like Michaela Schifrin and Lindsey Vaughn, watching them ski and compete. And that moment was especially moving for me because that's what we're doing. We're mm-hmm. connecting these kids with another dream. Just like when you had your five-year-old son look yes. at snowboarding and say, would you like to try it? And that manifests itself by your husband taking him yep. right out to snowboard. Yep. That's how you build fans. And, and I think that that's, the, um, that's how we get this done. And uh, it's it's an incredible opportunity for us to make a difference. Yeah, Sean. When I remember the moment, I was sitting on the couch watching uh, watching the Olympics with him, and just my mind going, "Oh my goodness, he can quite possibly be in the Olympics, or you know, or right. he could learn to snowboard." And it was exciting for me to you know just think of the possibilities and to also hear how much he loved it and what the instructors did and you know how they taught him to stand up and not fall over and so a question so okay so would you suggest going snowboarding first as a five-year-old or skiing first that's a really great question and and here's what i i've learned is that if if you get them out cross-country skiing First, like when they're three, four, it's it's easier because they build balance. Mm-hmm. It is easier for the parent to move them along the snow, and it gives them a quicker return on being successful. Mm. And and that's the first. And it, it does a lot of things for for having them be great winter sports athletes, like balance and things like that. So cross country is a great thing. Skiing versus alpine skiing or alpine snowboarding, either one of those are paths to go. Typically, it takes about three or lessons or so to master snowboarding. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit longer for alpine, but any of those things are really great, especially because kids are going to get a lot faster than we normally get at Laferne. Right. So, you know, I, I think that if they gravitate to that, that's fine. Let them find their space and then let them go out and have fun. I think that one of the things to do is that you can do as a family. Right. If I were you and you're in Los Angeles, you should connect with Four Seasons West. Yes. You should look them up because they have family programs. They have things for youth there. And it gives you a, a community, mm-hmm. if you so choose to, to experience lots of activities, but especially winter sports. Yes. When, um, okay, so... You you say take skiing or whatever, go, get them on some skis. How do I know if the coach or the trainer is a good trainer? I think you you you. It's like anything else you do. It's that initial conversation, you know. And lots of the coaches and instructors out there, especially those who work with kids, are there because they love it. 
and I would say that most of them are really, really great experiences, but you'll know that. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity and to go out there and you just talk with them and you have a sense and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're a good evaluator of, of character and you know how your son learns, mm-hmm. right? And you can tell. Most kids who are young learn by watching, right? And so, you know, we talked, to, we, we got to make sure that they have fun. In our world here, we try to do everything without talking to them. Yes. <laughs> that, so we put them in, 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 in fun scenarios where they're doing things like um, for cross country, they're throwing a ball or they're, or, or they're uh, chasing after something. And, and believe it or not, what they're actually doing is developing those skills. So the more that you can let the experience be fun, the better the experience and the learning opportunity for them. And you'll find the right ones. And I'm sure there are incredible you know, teachers and instructors around. But there are a lot of instructors and people within these clubs that help to do that too. Right. You talk about uh, the, the Four Seasons Club. The, um, was it the Black Engineers? They had a ski trip every year. Did yeah. you ever attend that? Um, I don't because I'm not an engineer. Oh. They're much smarter than I am. But... But, but but I will say to you, there are so many of these organizations out there. Yeah. Four Seasons West is, is part of a larger organization called the National Brotherhood of Skiers, which has clubs all over the United States. And matter of fact, they have the largest um, winter sports activity every year. Last year, this last year, they just got closed up their activity at Squaw Valley. Next year, it's at Steamboat. It's, uh, they talk about it being a party with a purpose, and they do. It's incredible. Um, it's lots of people of color and others who are there to have fun but enjoy the sport, and that's another way to connect if you're looking for that type of environment. But there are also lots of others, like have professional, there are uh, lawyers associations, accounting associations um, that have different types of ways of, of creating a activity extending the community that we're in so we can have fun. You know, I try to get people like yourself and, and Roland and all you guys out there because once you get out there and have fun with it, you'll really appreciate it. There's some, yeah. There are some people, you know, like Oprah is a big skier. You know what I mean? There are a lot of people out there who enjoy the sport, and we, gotta get, we should get outdoors because yes. it's another way of us um, – Enjoying life. I think I need to just take uh, a class, a couple classes, so I'm more yes. confident and I don't have to s- snowplow all the way down. You know? Taking lessons is important. Take it for somebody who didn't, but I did later on. Yes. Um, and that, that does help you to be confident because confidence is a thing that we all need to get us to do something better and to do it differently. Absolutely. So, Sean, you, on your website, uh, again, winter4kids.org, and that's the number four, yeah. winter4kids.org, uh, you have competition services, and you have one, two, three, four, four programs. Uh, I know we talked about some of the um, programs. Why did you uh, separate it into these four programs? You have the development, the crossover program. Right. Ah, competition. So competition. And, mm-hmm. So development takes those kids who are skiers and gives them the skills to go ahead and compete and, and build a foundation for them. That's the competition program, which is age-based, which allows all of those kids to now at their own ages to take those skills and start to apply them to compete. There is another level, too. There is the, the, the fifth 
which is the um, Federation Internationale of Skiing, which is the international governing body for that, for the sport, who will allow kids to pursue, should they choose to and have the ability to, um, those Olympic-level types of things. And so we do that as well. And they have regional and national teams. The key to what we do at the center is the LEARN program, which is our core, which that's where all of these kids come from, <clears throat> different entities like schools, YMCA's, Boys and Girls Clubs, to learn the sport, to master the sport, and have an incredible experience to be lifetime. And then if they choose to, they could join competition services. Okay, great. So this is really comprehensive. This is great. We try to give kids the opportunity to take whatever path they want. You know, and that's key, and to make sure that we are able to support them wherever they want to go, Lafern. Yeah. Just want to learn and have fun? It's here. I think, you want to compete? It's here. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think that's where it, it gets taken out is when people forget about the fun. <laughs> when you forget right. about the fun, it just goes away from you. And it's just like, oh, no, I don't want to compete anymore. I don't want to ski anymore or, or do whatever because the fun is taken out of it. Yes, the fun is here, and it's key to what we do. And if they're going to compete, the fun's going to be there too. What, and this goes to what you said. It's more important for the kids to enjoy what they do than to be measured of how well they do it. Yes. And, and that's where this is about progress and not perfection. It's about experience more than results. Now, if we could go back to the Olympics and uh – did you see Elizabeth Sweeney? Did you see her run? Yes. Um, yeah. What did you think about that? Are you talking about Elizabeth, the one who won the Super G and also was a snowboarder? Oh, no. Um, the Oh, shoot. The, the half-pike skier who, who got into the... Um, who who made it into the finals without making doing any tricks or anything and she was she qualified by i think she it was a hungarian she has oh okay. Bul- Bul- bulgarian family member so she skied for a country that she was able to get in that didn't have a lot of women skiers in it right mhm and then people and- were, were upset that she made it in because they said that she ganked the system well, I think that, again, this is that whole idea of perspective, right? Right. The Olympics is for countries to represent themselves in athletic endeavors. And, and I think that any person who has the opportunity that can qualify and represent a country should have the right to do that. Right. And, and, and having that, you know, too often I think we try to diminish the dreams of other people. I think we need to support dreams no matter how they happen. And yes. the fact that she can go because her parents or one of her parents are Bulgarian, I think that's a yeah. great thing. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's not a different than Errol Kerr, who, who, who got to represent Jamaica in the Olympics <laughs> because of, of the heritage of his father. Right. Absolutely. We should be finding ways for people to do that, do things, and maybe we can, well, if it's not positive, then we should probably shouldn't say anything. Right. So I was looking at it, and and people were dogging her out on, on the media, and I was like, but she 
she followed the rules and that was right. her dream to be in the Olympics and she did it and she got there and she didn't break any rules. Good for her. That's exactly right. I hate to bring this up, but people give Kevin Durant a, a bad name, right, for leaving, right, one yes. team to go to another team because he wanted to have fun. I'm sorry, but I think that that's why we live here, right, to make right. choices and to make good choices. And, um, yeah, it may not be the one we would have made, but, look, I, we got to let people be who they are. And I think that that's an important part of what we do at the center. For people who work here, they can be, come here and just be themselves. Right. For kids who come here, come here and experience something different. And if you love it, that's great. If you have fun, that's all we need to do. And if you want to do more of it, we're going to be there to help you along the way. Uh, that's great. If you could leave some top tips of skiing or snowboarding for our listeners, what would they be? I think first and foremost, get out there. Number two is take a lesson. Number three is take a lesson. Number four is take a lesson. <laughs> but, but I also think that the other part is just get outdoors. There's so many different ways of doing it. You can ski and take lessons. You can go cross-country skiing. You can try snowboarding. Okay, you can just go for a walk with snowshoeing and those things. But get out and enjoy it because, you know, it's, it's, um, it's the one thing we have that's a gift to us that we should take advantage of. Absolutely. Uh, and, Sean, if you can let our listeners know how they can contact you and find out more about the National Winter Activity Center. I think that we'd love for to have more kids and more schools involved, both in New York and New Jersey, and also to expand what we do around the country. The best way is to take a look at our website, www.winterforkids.org. That's winter, the number four kids kids.org and if you choose to want to call us then you can reach us at 973-846-8250 Sean Millay it's definitely been a pleasure thank you so much for joining me and sharing your experience thank you Laferne and uh, I hope that you go get off the bunny slopes and yes. get out there and get some more lessons and have some fun. Absolutely. I'll post them when I, when I do. So thank All you right. so much. Have a great one. You too. Have a good one. Okay. All right. The National Winter Activity Center is dedicated to improving the lives, health, and fitness of youth throughout the nation by providing access to winter sports activities. Their objectives are to increase and retain lifetime participants pathway to competition, broaden the base, and grow the winter sports community, and also better health and fitness through activities. Elevate is an active, progressive learning environment, providing youth with instruction, healthy meals, equipment, and mentoring. These key factors help shape their development as young men and women while improving their lives, health, and fitness. For more information about the National Winter Activity Center, please visit winter4kids.org. That's winter, the number four, kids.org. ESPN LA 710.